JB, what's happening? I'm pretty well. How's it going, Holt? Doing pretty good. Just excited for some college football. The pre- the previews were fun. Like, I had a lot of fun with them, but it got to the point where I was just ready to talk about SEC football as a whole instead of just focusing on one team, you know? Right, yeah. I'm excited about this episode, too, because we got a lot to cover, and we've only got maybe an hour or so to do it. That's right. Alex, how are you? What up? What up? I'm still here. I'm still here. Are we all together as one now? We are all we together. Are. We are one fucking tripod. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, I was I was going to go the three-man Wolfpack route, but that's all right. <laughs> um, the tripods, is that from The Girl Next Door, right? Yes. It's a good uh, mainstream reference. It's a, it's a, I always ask myself if I would watch that movie if there wasn't a hot girl in there, or like a porn star angle in there. I don't know. I think it's still a good movie regardless, but it definitely adds a little to it. Yeah, it's a good movie because it gives nerds like us a chance at landing a 10. Speak for yourself, JB. You, um, I know, I know you get around town. Let's, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, college football is officially one day away, less than twenty-four hours. So this is football eve eve for us. And uh, as we said before, um, there were games last Saturday that nobody even watched or cared about, so we don't really count those. The official SEC football season kicks off tomorrow with Texas A&M and Northwestern State. So uh, I'll ask y'all first. Um, we talk about how excited we are about college football. Is this, I mean, besides like Christmas and the first time you had sex, is this like the most excited you are <laughs> about anything? Or let's, let's say it's Christmas, the first time you had sex, the first time you saw titties, the first time you ate Bojangles. Like what? what's the best feeling in the world? Is this like the number one, top five? Where is it? Uh, for me, this is like, this is my Christmas morning. Uh Opening weekend in college football, especially like those four or five days that we have games, it's like one big party, and it just seems like it never ends. And then we cap off with the uh, Sunday night and Monday night games, which we used to never have. It used to just be only Saturday nights that we had, or Saturdays we had all the games compact together. But now we got them spread out over five days. So yeah, me, it's definitely my favorite uh, ask, weekend of the year. Let me ask JB because I hold. I feel like I know what you would answer with this. But let me ask JB just to gauge how excited you are for tomorrow or this, this season kicking off, if you had a choice, if Kate Upton somehow came up to you and was like, hey, JB, we can have sex right now, but you'll have to wait two months for the football season to start, what would you do? I'm taking football. <laughs> oh, man. Damn, JB. Hold, hold. Let's, let's make it a little bit more fair for you. How long would you wait for football? Would you miss the entire football season to have sex with Kate Upton? Uh, like just one time? entire season of football you missed. That, no, that, no, no, no. I'm saying, like, but only it only happens one time. You have you have 24 hours of K-Dubs, and how many ever times do you think you can make it in 24 hours? Uh, I'd probably I'd probably say about a year. I could probably I could probably skip one one full season of college football for 24 hours of K-Dubs. Then see, as you can tell, we uh, we think with both heads at SEC. <laughs> um, all right, so before we get into the football schedule this week and how excited again we are about football as we just uh, demonstrated here. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about what we've eaten over the past week. Um, Holt, I heard you had an expensive Bojangles trip today. Yeah, that's right. Uh, they don't have Bojangles in Mississippi anymore. Uh, when I was going to school at Mississippi state, we had one like right by campus. So I used to go like all the time as the first time I'd ever been there. A lot of uh, hungover Saturdays and Sundays spent in that in that Bojangles um, to you know get that nourishment and uh, get back up to uh, recharge the batteries, get back up to 100. Uh, percent 
And uh, I really just – I love Bojangles. I don't know why I always have. My main re- reason I like about them is they serve breakfast all day, which is big time for me um, because I don't like to get up early. Um, chicken biscuits are like one of my favorite food in the world. They have some of the best chicken biscuits I've ever had. And uh, they got bowberry biscuits, I know, which is like basically a blueberry biscuit. I'm a really big fan of. I know JB is a big fan of the cinnamon biscuit. Um, I like the the bow rounds. They got like some uh, sweet potato pies that are really good. Just like all kinds of stuff. Some people like go for the lunch, like the chicken. They have like really good like sides and stuff too. But uh, I'm a big fan of Bojangles chicken biscuits. So uh, we're in uh, we're in Jacksonville right now, and I'm at the hotel. I don't have a car and the nearest Bojangles was 15 minutes away. So I didn't have anything to do today. I was off work. So I was just like, uh, you know, how about, uh, I just take an Uber on over there. So, uh, ended up spending $14 to get there and 16 to get back. God damn. So, so spend about, uh, it was, and then my food was only like seven fifty. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you spent about 20, up, what, a little over $20. So I spent, JB, you want to do that math again? Yeah, you spent about $21, am I correct? Or a little over 21 after after uh, change? He said, oh, you're talking about the ride there and eating. I was talking about the ride there eating and the ride back. Oh, it was that the ride was, there, uh, $14? Yeah, the ride back was 16 So Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I spent about 40 bucks on some Bojangles today overall. Maybe a little bit less. Uh, do they, um, do they not after have you Uber count... Eats there? No, they do, but they don't deliver from Bojangles. Dang, what a, what a shame. Look, man, like... I don't have any regrets. <laughs> no, not even not even a letter. <laughs> I, got, I got no regrets, uh, no regrets about uh, about that uh, whatsoever. I, you know, it may seem crazy to some people, but you know what? Like, I don't get the opportunity to eat bojangles very often, and uh, I just thought I'd splurge a little bit. Um, I don't get very many days off, so I don't really get a lot of time to even go out and spend money. So, just figured, hey, what the hell? You know what? Is- you know, you got one life to live, and uh, I'm going to live it to my fullest. Besides Chick-fil-A, is, do you think Bojangles is the official chicken of the South, Eastern Conference or of the South? Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know how many people would agree with that. I think a lot of people like Popeyes more than Bojangles. Uh, but, like, as we were talking earlier, I just don't even put Popeyes and Bojangles in the same category because, like, I don't go there for, like, chicken wings or like chicken breasts or anything like that like i go for the chicken filet biscuit like that's that's what i'm about i want the breakfast i want the with the egg on it um and the cheese just amazing like that's what i don't like that popeyes doesn't have chicken biscuits if they did i'm sure they'd be good but you know uh, popeyes, popeyes is just like another like I, like when i think bojangles i don't think like oh that's a chicken place like a lot of people do i think like that's oh that's a chicken biscuit place all right let me uh let me cut you off i don't want to turn this into the bojangles show hold so let me i mean we can if you want <laughs> yeah, we can we can go that way um we should get a sponsor from bojangles with all this talking about it though we, yeah Bo, bojangles and central and whatever okay. else they need to start there you know we're not going to give away free advertising for free or for <laughs> forever i mean yeah well um we'll, we'll figure it out um jb it looks like you're um you've you've been going through some budget cuts uh via your snap you looks like you're eating some cocktail weenies gourmet though oh well, i mean yesterday i had a nice meal at patrick's i had a uh, fried chicken and uh some turnip greens and spinach and mashed potatoes and some cornbread so i had to eat light last night so i just ended up eating some vienna sausages and some applesauce hell yeah 
Balling on a budget, JB. Um, we will not be wouldn't call it balling on a bu- wouldn't call it balling on a budget. It looks like a budget meal, but it was more just trying to eat light after a heavy lunch. Well, um, we um, what was gonna say. Yeah, I I understand that it's it's okay. Um, I guess I guess it wasn't more of a cost. It was more of a like you ate a big meal. So by the way, Patrick's is in East Memphis, right? It's close to the University of Memphis. Pretty nice restaurant. You get a good deal there. Yeah, that and also just it's a great uh, home cooking place. And yeah, as well as a group. Uh, oh, sorry, tongue twister also has great bar food too. So let me get a really good vast selection. Let me keep it short on what I've been eating. Um, little curveballs, y'all. I'm actually in Savannah right now for work, and I have been this entire week. So um, I've been <laughs> luckily I haven't been paying for food, which is great because I ate a shit ton of food, and everybody here knows it now that I eat a lot of food. But um, <laughs> ironically, we had Bojangles delivered and catered the other day, so that was good. I had a shit ton of fried chicken for free, unlike Holt's expensive meal. And then um, we had some barbecue today for lunch from Smoking Pig, which is outside of uh, Midway, Georgia, which is close to where I work. And then uh, we had um, some I had some crawfish and shrimp tonight from Shell House, which I'll take a I took a picture, so I will post to SEC Slow Smoked. But nevertheless. Uh, Let's stop talking about uh, food for a second and move on to football. So um, let's start off with um, some news around the around the league um, entering in the the year, or I guess more like storyline. So we officially have um, QBs starting QBs announced, except for Alabama, who's still deciding between Jalen Hurts and Tua. Um, I think. LSU just just announced that Joe Burrow, the grad transfer from Ohio State, is going to start. Um, Texas A&M announced Kellen Mond, and I like to call him Guantanamo, but I think his name's actually Garantano for Tennessee is going to start, which no surprise there. And then Cole Kelly for for Arkansas. Um, did I miss anybody that was like a close battle? I just want to make sure I don't think I missed anything. Uh, Felipe Franks in Florida, I think that was pretty. Yeah. I think most people thought he was going to win the job, but there was some rumors the other guy was doing well too. Yeah, but yeah, Felipe France gets the gets the, gets the nod in Gainesville. And a surprise move, um, to me at least, maybe not to hold, but uh, Fitzgerald is actually going to sit out against the powerhouse of Stephen F. Austin in the first game for uh, something he did related back in March. Can you tell me what what he actually did? Give me the inside scoop from the campus hole. Um, you know, I really don't like want to speculate too much. Um, I've heard that it was drug related, but at the same time, I don't really, you know, don't take that to the bank. I don't really know. I hate to be like spreading rumors about people, especially if they're not true. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's just like the, the rumors around the Mississippi state interwebs. Um, but that being said, uh, obviously it's not ideal. I don't know how they were able to like keep it quiet for such a long time. It's apparently it's happened like back in March and everyone was really surprised by it. Um, they just announced it on Monday. So, uh, you know, definitely not ideal for uh, for Mississippi State. But they, the backup, I'm interested to see him. He hasn't had really good numbers. He hasn't had a lot of opportunity to play that much um, yet. But he um, he's pretty highly recruited. He's like a four-star from Louisiana. He's a dual threat. So I'm kind of excited to see him. It's a good chance for him because, I mean, he's not really going to play this year unless Fitzgerald does get hurt or gets suspended again. Um, so it'd be good to see what he can do this year going into next year. So like a nice little transition plan. Is it, it's, is it Thompson? Is that his name? Okay. I can't. Yeah. Keaton, Keaton Thompson. Uh, he played, 
really well in the bowl game against Louisville. Um, played all right. Played pretty well running the ball against Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl when he had to come in after Fitzgerald's injury. Um, you know, maybe not like outstanding passing stats, but you know, he's run the ball really well and is a big kid, six five, two thirty, um, can run. So uh, it'll be you know it'll be a good opportunity for him, just like you said. Um, but still not an ideal. I like I don't think they're in danger of losing this game or anything, but I definitely think that in a, having a new offense and all that, that Fitzgerald really needs all the live reps he can get, uh, you know, going into the season. Yeah, uh, and I, I can't – I'm not sh- – I don't want to speak for sure, but I think I might be right on this. Um, ahead of him in the recruiting rankings was who I like to call Guantanamo, but his name's actually Guarantano, right, JB? And um, he, he's coming off a year which he – to me, underperformed, but that could be a lot of coaching. Chris <laughs> Jones um, has new coach Jeremy Pruitt, new offensive coordinator, the whole nine yards. Um, <laughs> he's a highly recruited player coming out of high school, so there's a lot of a lot of upside potential for him. Um, Jeffy, can you tell me about? I'm gonna call him Garantano. Um, tell me about Garantano, and do you think there's a chance Keller Chris will actually play in this first game against West Virginia, or you think you think this is a you know good year? going it's gonna be a good year for Garantano with new coaching I'm a believer in Garantano and I think he's gonna flourish new system uh he's not really a spread type quarterback I know a lot of people think he is but he's more of a, a pro style uh pro type, type he, quarterback. Uh, he has a strong he can, arm right he does he has a great arm uh, he has the ability to scramble and create plays with his legs but he's more of a, a pocket passer and he's gonna flourish under the system he's finally has some has some good coaching he doesn't have Butch Jones coaching him anymore, which is a huge plus. Uh, Tyson Helton's pretty good with quarterbacks. Uh, he's, he coached uh, uh, Brandon Dowdy at uh, Western Kentucky, and he also coached uh, Darnold at uh, USC. So he, he has some pedigree under his belt. And Garantano has all the tools to be an elite quarterback. I don't know if he will be an elite quarterback in the conference, but I think he's going to be a solid quarterback by the time his career is over. At least a, not just a serviceable quarterback, but a solid quarterback. And the only QB battle in the SEC that's still in question is the obvious one in Alabama with um, Jalen Hurts and Tua. <clears throat> I'm gonna try this one more time. Tungaluva, Tung Luva. How do you say it, David? Tungaluva. Tungaluva. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, say just it. say it, just say it really fast and uh, like confidently, <laughs> and just keep on with your sentence. And, just, and I don't think anyone will notice. Yeah, just keep rolling. I mean, this quarterback battle is just like – it's like picking a Mercedes-Benz or a Cadillac. I mean, you can't go wrong with either. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I, I know we're going to make a big deal about this quarterback battle before. It's kinda, it reminds me a lot of Ohio State with Cardell Jones and JT Barrett. I really think both of both of them are good quarterbacks, and I really don't think either one of them is going to put Alabama at jeopardy. I think Tua obviously is the better quarterback long-term with you know his – ability to throw the D ball a little bit more and I think you can win a few more games or put you in a better situation to win games. But I just I don't think I don't think it really matters as much as people are making a big deal. And I, I think Tua is gonna start. Um Holt, you want to comment on that some more? Yeah, you know, I think Tua's gonna start as well. I think this is just kinda Nick Saban playing the uh you know, I I think he's just kinda playing the game a little bit of trying to keep Jalen Hurts involved and so he doesn't transfer. I think he's gonna try to keep both of them in the hunt to be the starter as long as he can until they get to the point of the season where they don't have to worry about guys transferring out. Um, but I do think Tua isn't going to end up being the guy. 
Uh, just think he provides a little bit more uh, in the passing game and just a little more explosiveness on offense, which I think they're looking for. Um, but that being said, you know, Jalen Hurts, if he does play, I think will continue to do a great job just like he has been doing. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over. He's uh, able to do a lot of things with his legs. And, uh, you know, throws the ball downfield a little bit better than uh, he gets credit for. Uh, to me, it's a little bit more about the intermediate passing game and just managing, you know, getting first downs and stuff like that through the air that uh, I think he struggles with a little bit more. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think if one of them starts and messes up, then I don't think we'll uh, – I think we'll definitely see the other one. Jamie, put yourself in Jalen Hurst's shoes. He he came out a couple weeks ago and didn't speak greatly of the whole QB situation. It sounded like he was pretty frustrated because nobody's really communicated with him since the national championship, like what, what the plan is. Um, put yourself in his shoes on, you know, opening opening game with um, – with Louisville here and to a, to a, we'll say two is going to start and you're, you're now Jalen hurts and you're a pretty decent quarterback. Um, do you immediately just think, okay, I'm going to transfer or do you, if it were me, I'll tell you what I would do. I would probably just try to switch to a different position like tight end or running back, because I think that's where his long-term NFL potential is. But just what would you do if you were Jalen hurts? I think for Hurts' advantage, uh, he just needs to settle in, be the backup, be a team player. And he has he, he has a lot of respect from his teammates, too. The players all respect him. And what I think he should do, and I think Saban will agree, is that uh, he'll probably play up to four games. Because if he plays in less than four games, he'll be eligible to redshirt. And then he'll, he can be, be a grad transfer, so then he can go somewhere else next year and have two years of eligibility remaining. He can go wherever he chooses. And I think that's really the best scenario for him, assuming Tua stays healthy. But if Tua, you know, heaven forbid, were to get injured sometime this season, then uh, Jalen Hurts will be thrown in. Let's, uh, let's so I mean, Hurts, so Hurts is always Hurts is just one snap away from being Alabama's quarterback again, assuming that he doesn't win the battle. Yeah, I mean that's that's good advice, Jamie. But I, I mean, I'd still grad transfer for him and try to get a degree and be a running back or maybe a head coach. Right. But I'm saying he can play enough to four games and still be a grad transfer is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and talk about the, the games for week one. You know, a lot of people talk about um, the new playoff playoff structure um, hurts, hurts scheduling because teams don't want to um, don't want to schedule. And what the hell is that noise, JB? JB? That's not me. Hold. Yeah, I don't even hear anything. Okay, well, I, I don't hear anything. You know, Savannah, <laughs> Savannah is supposed to be like a haunted uh, city or town, so it could be a ghost in here. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think that's you, Alex. Man, I'm spooked a little bit. Um, might have to get my teddy bear out tonight and cuddle. All right, so. Um, or your. T- <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what you're gonna say, Debbie. But I don't want. I don't want. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna finish that. Just keep going. Okay. <laughs> What I was gonna say, there's a lot of lot of good games. The people were saying that because of the playoffs now it hurts scheduling. But the last two or three years, the opening weekend has been really great games. Last year there's that Alabama Florida State game. This year's the, there's the Auburn uh, Washington game in Atlanta, and there's there's a lot of other other games. Um, I'll ask, just ask y'all um, what which game are you most excited about? And if you're gonna say Auburn Washington, that's fine. But mention another one too. Yeah, I was definitely Auburn Washington is the you know the big game, the one everyone's going to be paying attention to. 
But uh, a really exciting game and a, probably a really close game, I think, is going to be Texas Tech Ole Miss. Um, it's on at 11 um, on Saturday. So, you know, right when you get up, I mean, 11 if you're in the central time zone, which I hope you are because it's the best time zone to be in. It really but, uh, I promise you. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a great game and uh, two really good offenses. Um you know, just two really just kind of fun teams to watch um, unless, you know, you just really like defense. But uh should be, you know, a really exciting game, and uh, that's probably the one I'm looking forward to. Besides, yeah. besides Auburn-Washington, obviously. Yeah, besides Auburn-Washington, my game to watch is uh, Michigan and Notre Dame. Uh, this game is in South Bend, and they're also planning to do, have a green out for a good luck for Notre Dame. And I'm also excited to uh, see Shea Patterson and and Jim Harbaugh's uh, system. I think Shea Patterson is the missing piece for Jim Harbaugh. And I really like Michigan to break out this year and finally get over the hump. So this is going to be – I'm excited to see this team and also Notre Dame. uh, They're a potential spoiler for the playoff as well. So this is – I feel this is really going to be a good uh, test for both of these programs. Lame. I can't believe you just mentioned a non-SEC game. I know. I know. I mean, I'm – I mean, believe me, I'm all about the SEC, but I can recognize good games outside the conference too. I'm probably the least SEC biased out of both out of the three of us because I don't have a specific team in the SEC that I root for. So um, I, I kind of just like good SEC football, and I do like watching other teams from other conferences competing. Um, I'm probably most excited for, and this this probably surprised y'all. So you don't, you probably won't think it's going to be as close, but. I'm excited for um, Miami and LSU. I think it's the Sunday night game. Yeah, Sunday. Correct. So, and it's going to be, you know, all by itself because there's not going to be other games. I don't, or other big games on Sunday, at least not as many as Saturday. So I'm pretty excited about that game. And, you know, Miami is supposed to be pretty good coming, come off a good year last year. LSU, um, they think they have their quarterback. They're obviously going to have a good defense. Uh, running back still remains question, but LSU is kind of like running back you right now. So they're going to have a good defense and a good quarterback. Um, and, you know, they're going to have a lot of momentum going into this game, even though it's the first game of the year. So there's – well, I say that just because they haven't – they will be undefeated, I guess, technically. They won't have – they wouldn't have lost already. So I just think there's a lot of um, momentum going into this game for LSU to be – you know, start this year off right with a big non-conference win. Um, we'll, we'll get into this later, but um, I was cold. Do you think this is going to be – I know you don't like LSU that much, but do you think this is going to be that close? Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Not not because uh, I think LSU is going to be really good this year. I think they're going to really struggle this year, actually. But uh, I just don't really trust Miami's offense. Um, and I think LSU has a really good defense. Um, so I could definitely – I definitely expect this to be like a tight, low-scoring game. Uh, I do like Miami to get the win just because I like Mark Richt more as a coach and I just trust him more. And, um, you know – I. Joe Burrow may be awesome. I don't know, but uh, I don't expect him to be. I expect him to, you know, be. I mean, I think he'll be fine, but I don't expect him to be like enough of a difference maker for them to uh, get the win in this game. Let's um, let's just talk about before we get into the um, the, the lines and our playoff picks and the Heisman winners for the year. All this. Let's. I just, I'm just curious about both of y'all um, now. Like. You know, this is gonna be the first college football Saturday of the year. What's your what's your setup gonna look like? Uh, I know, I know. Hold, like, are you gonna be able to watch it, or are you you have to work? Come on, Saturday. Yeah, 
Yeah, unfortunately, Saturday I have to work, which uh, I'm not too happy about. But uh, it's out of my control. There's nothing well, I can do about it. Just um, But uh, the, the good thing is – I'm ahead. sorry, Alex, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, just just humor me. If you didn't have to work in a, in a, in a world where you were like a millionaire here, um, what and <laughs> – what what would be your setup for Saturday? And I think, JB, I think you're going to quiet your girl in there. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, at home, uh, I have, like, the perfect setup. Um, I have, like, really good uh, internet. So I'll have, like, my, I have an iPad and a laptop that I'll have up. And then I'll have my big TV on you know, the most important game. And then I actually have uh, another TV that uh, I'll plug like a, you know, one of those, uh, what are they called? Uh, fire sticks or whatever into, I think we have a Roku is what's called, but it's just one of those things where you can, you know, plug into your TV and get the, uh, you know, the ESPN app or, or whatever. And uh, I'll have like four or five games on at a time. And then obviously I'll be on Twitter. I like to be on Twitter and uh, I always like to, uh, you know, go get a good meal. You know, maybe like some Chick Fil A. Chicken Fil A. Yeah, right, right around halftime of the eleven thirty games, I like to go get maybe some Chick Fil A or, you know, just whatever I'm feeling that day. Um, just to kind of, you know, because I don't want to have to worry about cooking or anything. I want to be watching the games. So, uh, just go grab something real quick. And are you gonna casually drink throughout the day or? Uh, if I'm, I'm not a big, uh, lone drinker. Um, I don't really drink by myself too often. I'm more of a social drinker. Um, so when I, when I go to, uh, you know, I've season tickets for Mississippi State. It's like when I go to their games, I'll definitely drink in the, uh, you know, in the junction there. And, uh, you know, when I'm hanging out with my friends, I will and stuff like that. But, you know, when I'm alone, I'm pretty much just going to stick to either sweet tea or, you know, maybe like a Diet Coke or something. JB, you going to order some Vienna sausages? Watch the game Saturday. Yeah, I got a pretty good setup. I got my uh, my flat screen. I got uh, my couch. I've got my uh, case of beer, and I'll probably order out some food delivery as well. I'll be glued to my couch from about 11 a.m. in the morning or 11 a.m. Central till about 11 p.m. Central. So about 12 hours straight. I probably won't move much at all. And y'all, y'all gonna think this is a little crazy. I do like watching college football, um, but. I, I get a little antsy if I do sit for 12 straight hours. So I, I do like to run or work out. So um, what I'll usually do is watch the game starting 11. And, like, mm, sometime throughout the day, like, I try to split it like a halftime or something like that and just go, go for a quick run, which quick's not really quick for me. But I try to go for a yes. run just, just to get off the couch and um, get out for a little bit. And then I come back and watch football. I know that's – a little un-American uh, for this podcast, but um, I do like to get up and move a little bit. Also, I've been recently, um, since I've been living in Atlanta, I, I kind of like to go out to watch games because it's kind of fun, especially when I don't have my team playing. Um, it's it's kind of fun to watch it out at a bar with a bunch of TVs on so you can watch multiple games at once so you don't have to have like five TVs at your house like Holt does. Um, so I think that's kind of fun as well. But... Um, we can go ahead and get into the um, season preview, I guess. Or would you rather get into the week one preview? I'll, I'll leave this up to hold. Um, are you saying you are you, you want to do like the uh, playoff picks, all that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and do that now, and then let's do the 
We could do the week one picks at the end. Okay, so playoff picks. And I, I kind of – because I have a feeling you're not going to – either one of you aren't going to mention a group of five team. So I'd rather ask you first, who is your favorite group of five team um, that could – <laughs> that could be like Central Florida last year. I guess Central Florida could be like Central Florida last year. But who's your favorite group of five team, your non-power five team, that um, could scare some teams and go to New Year's Six? Uh, my selection would be Boise State. I really like uh, Brian Harson. I like the program he's running. And uh, they're really a sneaky team this year. I think they might be the kind of the team that might sneak up on some people. Their schedule's pretty favorable. Uh, they got a tough game up. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I forgot who it is that they're playing. That's completely on the tip of my tongue, but I remember seeing it, and that was a game. If they if they win it, they might have a chance to go undefeated. And if they do go undefeated, I could see them. I don't know if they would spoil into the playoff, but I think they are going to be the uh, group of five that's going to represent in the new year six. They play Troy. No, not Troy. No, that's not the game they I'm play. They to. play Oklahoma State on September fifteenth. I think that's what, or San Diego State, whichever one you want to call. It's Oklahoma State, yes, and I actually think that's a game that Boise State will win. Yeah, they should. They should actually be. I mean, it's at Oklahoma State, but they could be favored because um, they they might. I mean, they are the better team. I think right now at least. Holt. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Florida Atlantic. Um, I'm a <laughs> big uh, Lane Kiffin believer, at least in the offense. Uh, I know. I'm pretty sure they have like a um, like a 25-year-old offensive coordinator or something like that, which is uh, pretty interesting. Uh, but I'm just – I really believe in Lane Kiffin offensively as a play caller. Um, you know, I don't really know what their defense is going to look like this year, but year two, um, he gets a few more of his guys in there. They, they have some – actually have some pretty good talent on offense. So, you know, pretty sneaky good uh, group of five team. Obviously a big game against Oklahoma week one. Uh, on the road, uh, if they can find a way to win that, I don't expect them to, but if they could find a way to win that game, then they're going to be primed for a uh, big season and uh, could definitely get into the New Year's Six. I don't think they're ever going to put a group of five team into the playoff, but I could definitely, you know, if they if they get a big win week one, then they're well on their way to uh, a big season. Yeah, you kind of uh, stole my thunder. I was I would probably mention Fort Atlantic too. Um, and I guess we're pretty much the same in this whole opinion for Florida Atlantic and Lane Kiffin. I, I'm not, like, firmly around his penis like you are about Drew Locke, but I do like Lane Kiffin. I do like Lane Kiffin a lot. Um, I, think he's, I think he's made a strong comeback after being, like, a pretty shitty person and coach at Tennessee and USC. Um, I don't know if he's a shitty person. That might be too strong, but I think he just wasn't a great coach at Tennessee or I mean, really at USC, Tennessee, he was he wasn't bad. I guess he only had one year. He was um, he was a bad coach at Raiders, but he was I guess he was just too young, is what I've I've been thinking about. That he's too young, and now he's he has some experience, and he just really killed it at Alabama. So I really hope he does well at Florida Atlantic this year. And I really hope um, he gets an SEC somehow, whether that be LSU or whoever. But I think um, I really want him to be in the South. So um, high high powered offense, like you mentioned, um, his the way he can develop quarterbacks and just his. Um, whole offense in general. I think um, O.J. Howard once was interviewed and said how uh, Lane Kiffin was the offensive genius, um, which I don't know. I, I mean, O.J. Howard's good, but I don't know how much he can really tell you. But I think he, I mean, I think he's good enough to have a credible opinion where um, if he says he's good at offense, he's good at offense. Um, and the offensive coordinator that you mentioned, Holt, is actually Charlie Weiss Jr. Yeah, that's, so that's correct. But how, do you know how old he is, though? 
Is he yeah. like any? Any he, like he's like twenty five or twenty six, I think. Yeah, he hasn't. Um, he hasn't made it to have his own Wikipedia page yet. So, um, I'll let you know whenever they get a hyperlink on Wikipedia. But I think he is. I'm looking at him now. He's he's twenty five years old. I think he might be turning twenty six soon. So nice. he's about. So he's younger yeah. than us. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, also I, I will. I will mention I do like Central Florida a lot this year too. Um, they do have to. They have a tough one to go to Liberty Bowl and play Memphis this year. But um, I think Central Florida has um, will have a good team. You're not not sure about the the coaching because Scott Frost is gone, but they brought in the offensive coordinator from Missouri, and they have McKenzie Milton coming back. So I really don't need to know too much after that. Um, yeah. The quarterback coming back, I think it's you know they're gonna be pretty good probably. Yeah, I like uh, Josh Heupel the hire a lot. A lot of people aren't too high on it. He kind of fell out of the good graces. I think he was at Oklahoma and. Uh, things kind of went bad on him, but he turned it around at Missouri, and they had a really fun offense last year, especially the second half of the season. So um, I, I like him. I think he's a little bit underrated as a coach. Uh, a lot of people are down on the hire, but I, I thought it was a pretty, you know, pretty aggressive, uh, solid hire by Central Florida. Let's get into Week One schedule. Um, we'll first uh- mention. Go ahead, go ahead, JB. What you got to say? I was going to say uh, we haven't even done the uh, playoff picks yet. We haven't done the playoff picks or oh, the yeah, yeah, SEC, yeah, yeah. I did SEC cool. breakout. We haven't done the SEC uh, breakout player, the offensive player of the year, the defensive player of the year, or also our Heisman pick. So we got some things to touch on. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was just doing reverse order because um, I'm I'm thinking on my head, and you're uh, sitting there waiting for me. So thanks, thanks. Nice catch, JB. Good catch. <laughs> <laughs> I am nice I, catch. I could. I think it would be funny if you. Um, you had to host and see how like all over the place you would be it'd be kind of funny i think yeah jb figure it out quit being a dick he's trying his hardest yeah give me some space leave me alone all right so (laughs) jb go ahead um we'll start off with tell me the power five conference winners and tell me the playoffs so essentially power five conference winners will probably make up the playoffs, but there could be a scenario where two teams from one conference makes it in. But tell me your power five winners and your playoff picks. Okay. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm just going to name my SEC champion. Then I'll have Holt name it. Then I'll name my Pac-12. We'll just keep going in order. So, okay. My SEC champion is Alabama. And who's yours, Holt? <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go with uh, Alabama too. Um, just uh, It's just hard to pay against Nick Saban. You know what I mean? You know, right. don't really know quarterback wise where they're going to be but you know i think defensively it's pretty safe to say they're going to be one of the best in the country let and, me um, uh, just ahead. uh really like nick saban let me pick this part because i'm actually going to go against y'all and say auburn's going to beat alabama this year and they're going to beat georgia they might lose one game but i think i think auburn's I mean, they have a tough schedule but i think they are i think they're going to be a better team than alabama with jared Sidham. that's that's all i'll say yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be a good team, too. It's just, you know, Alabama doesn't have to play at Georgia, and Auburn gets uh, – you know, Auburn has to go to Mississippi State, and Alabama gets – their toughest games were Auburn and Mississippi State at home. So, it's just – I think they just have a little bit easier road. I do – I don't hate the idea of, of liking Auburn more than Alabama this year, but it's just – to me, it's just the schedule is just a lot harder for uh, for Auburn than it is for Alabama. All right, Jamie, go ahead and quarterback this. All right, so we're gonna move on to the Pac-12, and I think I think everyone is pretty much in a consensus here. I'm going with Washington. Yeah, well, not everybody. 
y'all hold on if y'all are both are Washington let me ask this who's your number two and number three team in the Pac-12 is it <laughs> is it Washington or not Washington is it um USC because I'm trying to figure out I was trying to figure this out when we were talking about this earlier I know Washington's gonna be I know USC's gonna be good who's the third team and like who's gonna compete with USC UCLA with Chip Kelly no UCLA is still gonna be another year or two behind so I would say I'm gonna probably say I'm gonna say Oregon I like Oregon. Yeah, I can see Oregon. Justin Herbert is a, a really solid uh, quarterback. Um, I actually wasn't going to pick Washington to win, though. Um, mm. Oh, spoiler. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I was trying to get to. Um, Go ahead. Because JB said it was a consensus, and I was like, well. Oh, I was saying, not a consensus <laughs> among us, but a most, amongst most, uh, most people are picking Wisconsin. Not Wisconsin, Washington. 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 Yeah. yeah, I like Wisconsin <laughs> in the Pac-12 this year. They're going to. Uh, yeah, I was actually going to go with Stanford. Um, Ooh, okay. So, Stanford, a lot like Auburn, really, really tough schedule. Um, they play San Diego State week one. I'm not, like, too worried about that game, but San Diego State is usually a uh, pretty good group of five team. Um, let's see, they have to travel to Notre Dame. Um, they play Oregon, Oregon and Washington on the road. So, really tough schedule, uh, but no one's really talking about them at all. And uh, I think they're going to surprise some people this year. Bryce Love, um, you know, spoiler, get into my husband picks. I, I like him as a husband trophy winner as well. So uh, it should be – I'm really high on Stanford this year. I think they're really going to surprise some people, kind of sneaking under the radar a little bit. Is, is Stanford like the old Mark Rick Georgia of the Pac-12? Uh, I mean, not. I wouldn't say that. Like, I mean, are you just saying like – like they go, they get nine, ten wins every year, but never anything more than that. Yeah, like they 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 have a good team, usually like top ten preseason or like a usually high ranked team, and then they go ten and two or yeah, like nine and three, maybe eleven, maybe eleven and one, but not really. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you can make that argument a little bit, um, but at the same time, I just you know I like Washington, I like Chris Peterson, uh, but they just been getting so much hype. And uh, everyone's been talking about them a lot, and I'm just concerned that maybe they think that they're, like, running the Pac-12. And I think uh, Stanford is maybe taking that a little bit personally. And uh, I think they're going to come out and prove this season that, that they're one of the top teams right there with Washington. I was listening to a sports radio show, and it was located in Memphis, but they were saying that they think the American Athletic Conference is stronger than the Pac-12. Um, which you can laugh at, but it's it's close. I would say it's, I don't think we, the American Athletic is better, but it's it's not as far off as we would think. Um, I'll, I'll ask you all this: Do you think that the Pac-12 is the weakest conference out of the Power Five? Yes. No. Ooh. I think uh, I think the Big Twelve is the weakest of the Power Five conferences. Just this year, you're talking about? No, I'm pretty much every year. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we won't let you elaborate too much on that because um, I don't. Just look at the NFL draft. Just look at the NFL draft. That's that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm, yeah, but that doesn't mean college. I mean, I just think like there's there's good teams in Big Twelve that are better. Than like them. who? Well, let me just go ahead and say Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma runs it. You know? All right, and who else? Uh, Oklahoma State's good. Texas is about to be good. Of course, they're like Tennessee of the um, Big Twelve. They're gonna be good this year. I just I don't I don't like any of the teams in the Big Twelve. Like Oklahoma, you know, is always a pretty good team, but they never play defense. And how are you going to be a good complete team if you don't play defense? Like I just 
like to me, an entire conference of teams that doesn't play defense uh, versus a team that has Wash or a conference that has Washington, Stanford, Oregon. I mean, I know they don't really play defense either, but uh, uh, Washington's really good on defense. Yeah, I really like. Yeah, Washington and Stanford are usually really good on defense. Yeah, and USC is really good on defense this year. Um, I just think there's more complete teams out there and uh, just more consistent. Um, yeah, I just – you know, maybe like the bottom of the Pac-12 is better than the – or the bottom of the Big 12 is better than the bottom of the Pac-12. But I, I just think overall as a conference, the Pac-12 is better. Okay. Um, we'll move on to the next conference, JB. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to pick Oklahoma and win the Big 12. Hold, t- give me one of the military teams to win the Big 12. <laughs> uh, man, oh, this is probably the one that I struggle with the most. A lot of people are picking West Virginia. Um, I think Texas could maybe surprise some people this year, but I got to go with Oklahoma. I just, I just don't trust any of the other teams in the conference. Um, Oklahoma State lost a lot from last year's team. Um, so I'm going to have to go with Oklahoma. But at the same time, I'm not saying that because I think Oklahoma is great. I just believe in them more than the rest of the teams in the conference. Yeah, more consistency. Yeah. 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 But the next conference that we're moving on to, the Big Ten, this is the one that's really wide open. We've got about four teams or five teams that all have a shot to win this conference this year uh, amongst, uh, amongst uh, Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Let me, Any let me one of those. Let me ask this before you get into the picks, because I've heard this mentioned also before the season started. A lot of people are now saying that Big Ten East is the best division in conference, or best division in the country. Um, would you say the SEC West is better than the Big Ten East, or is there another division better than the Big Ten East? The SEC um, West is more balanced. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, like, the SEC West doesn't have Rutgers and Maryland in it. There's no there are, there's no easy wins. I, I get that. Yeah, I mean Arkansas. I think uh, maybe in Mar- maybe you could argue Maryland maybe closer better than Arkansas, but I don't, I don't think so. I think Ole Miss is definitely better than both of those teams. I think LSU is definitely better than both of those teams. Texas A&M, but uh, you know I, I think at the top you could definitely make a solid argument. Um, but you know Michigan, we haven't really seen anything to make us think that they're you know, that they belong in that conversation. They other than like recruit really well, um, you know, Penn state, I definitely believe in Ohio state, obviously is Ohio state, uh, Michigan state went, they, what they win like three games last year. No, no, that was, that was two years ago. ago. Oh, right. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy about Michigan state. I mean, they're definitely a solid team, but I don't see them as like a potential playoff team or, uh, any really, you know, chance of winning that the Big Ten, and then as far as Wisconsin goes, I'm, uh, you know, I really like I respect what they do, and they develop offensive linemen really well, and they always have really good running backs. They play really solid defense, but uh, I just I don't believe in them uh, a lot. I think they kind of get away from playing in a weak division. Um, I think they're not as good as uh, their perception is. Uh, I think if they played in the SEC West, they would be like kind of on par with Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Oh, that's that's harsh for me. I don't think they're that that. I mean, I would say year over year, but like this. I mean, this year I think Mississippi State and Wisconsin. I think they're about equal. I think um, I think Wisconsin or Wisconsin's uh, obviously overhyped, not overhyped, but more highly ranked going into the season than Mississippi State. But um, I wouldn't say that. Hmm. 
Wisconsin is almost just they. One day we will have an episode, and I will do a ton of research, and I will I will make the argument that Ole Miss and Mississippi State, if they switch places with Wisconsin over the last like ten years, that they would be talked about like just as much or almost as much as uh, Wisconsin is, I will, as far I mean, as like being a great team. If you want to, you can go to the Big Ten. So like Memphis can get in the SEC West. It'd be great, man. I, I mean, no offense, but I don't think Memphis would be the, the selection if that happened. No, hell no, it wouldn't be. No, because I can guarantee they would not have a third third team from the state of Tennessee and the SEC. Like, they're, if the SEC is going to have, a, you know, expansion in the future, they're going to tap into a new state. Oklahoma is probably going to be another addition, and then I can see them getting Virginia Tech as the 16th. But anyways, uh, Holt, I am curious. Uh, I got my pick for the Big Ten. Who did you pick? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I am going to go with Penn State. Um, I just really like what they're doing. Um, I think a lot of people are maybe not talking about them because they lost uh, Saquon Barkley and uh, Jerry Gasigi. Um, they're tied end, but uh, and their offensive coordinator as well, obviously um, Joe Moorhead. But uh, I think they got Tracy Sorley back. Um, I think uh, you know they're going to continue to run the same style of offense so it's not going to be they hired from within so they don't have to learn like a whole new system or anything like that but uh i really like penn state this year trace mcsorley is going to have a big year and um i just like them a little bit more than ohio state obviously ohio state's got a lot of stuff going on off the field and uh i'm not really sold on jim harbaugh at michigan right now i, I do like shea patterson um, i'm really interested to see what he does on saturday and uh you know, I could potentially see them doing uh, big things as well. But uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Penn State in the Big Ten this year. I am going with Michigan. I am really high on Michigan this year. I think that the missing piece for Jim Harbaugh these last few years has been a quarterback. He finally has his man with Shea Patterson. And his defenses have been solid. His defense is going to be really good this year. Uh, I really like their defensive line, their front seven especially. And I like Michigan to to uh, really break out this season. I think they're going to probably be, win about 10 or 11 games in the regular season. And I think they're going to match up with Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. And I got Michigan prevailing and get sneaking into the playoff as in the finals playoff spot. I wow. think it's going to – I like both of your arguments. And I like either – I mean, I feel like any of those teams can win. I think Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State can win. I don't think Penn State has – I think just losing Saquon Barkley is going to hurt them too much. I mean, they um, they have Tristan Sorley still, um, but and Ohio State. I just feel like Ohio State's going to like f up and lose like two games hmm. they shouldn't lose. So I I kind of agree with. I think Michigan's do. I think I think they're. I mean, that doesn't mean that just because you sucked the last year, that the last two years that you're going to be good this year. But I, I think what JB's saying is right. I think Jay Patterson is a good quarterback, and I think that's the only reason why they haven't been great. Uh, over the last two years, but we'll see. Yeah, I think Shea Patterson is going to be is what's, what's going to help put Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan program over the top. Jamie, it, next conference. Next conference, we're going to move on to the ACC, and uh, it's obviously going to be Clemson, Miami, ACC championship. Miami's going to roll through that soft schedule. They'll probably have an eleven and one record, and and this will set up for a uh, winner of this ACC championship goes to the playoff. Uh, Clemson's going to be undefeated. Clemson's going to win again. Clemson will uh, win the ACC. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I think Clemson's going to win. Pretty yeah, it's, it's hard to go against Clemson. Um, just the, the defensive line that they return, uh, Kelly Bryant's back. You know, they have a five-star true freshman quarterback that could play also. Um, so, I, it's, I don't really see a big challenger for Clemson this year. Um, I do think that Florida State may surprise people this year. Um, I picked uh, – hopefully this isn't bad luck for uh, Bryce Love, but last year I picked DeAndre Francois to win the Heisman and he ended up getting hurt the first game. Uh, I mean, granted, he didn't play very well that day, but um, I, I'm really high on him. I think a lot more than a lot of people are. Uh, Cam Akers, I think, is about to be one of the best running backs in the country this year. Uh, I really think Florida State is going to surprise some people this year and uh, maybe give Clemson a run for their money. I think the game is in Tallahassee this year. It was actually a pretty close game last year as well. Uh, I think just because it's Willie Taggart's first season and because Florida State wasn't that good last year, people think that you know it's maybe going to be a little bit of a rebuilding year. But I think they're going to be a lot better than people are, are picking them. So uh, I would say Florida State's the main challenger for Clemson, even more so than Miami. Uh, but I like Clemson uh, to win the ACC. All right. So now we've got our conference champions. And let's move on to the playoff Holt. All right. So you and I might have some discrepancies here. But I'm going to go ahead and name you my four, and then I'll hear your four. So the first seed, or the fourth seed, I've got Michigan at number four. I've got Pac-12 champion Washington at number three. I've got the ACC champ Clemson at number two. And then the SEC champion Alabama at number one. Yep, that's a pretty solid. I have the same top two. I have Clemson number one and Alabama number two. I think Alabama may lose the game somewhere uh, along the line. I think Clemson's going to be undefeated. So I think that's why Clemson's going to be number one. Uh, number three, I'm going to say Penn State. Um, just for the same reasons I said earlier, Uh you know, I just think they're going to be a really good t- – I do think they'll have one loss. Uh, but I really – you know, so like I said, I'm just really high on them this year. And uh, I like them to be number three. And then number four, uh, I think this might be the first year we get a two-loss team into the playoff. Um, I'm actually really surprised it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I, I don't think there's as many great teams in the country this year. I think it's going to be a little bit more mixed up. So uh, – I'm gonna. It's gonna be between uh, Auburn and Stanford for the last spot with two losses, and I think Stanford's gonna get it, um, just because they both play really tough schedules. Auburn may be a little bit tougher, but I think there's gonna be a lot of pressure to keep two SEC teams out, and they're gonna go with Stanford as the fourth team. Yeah, and that's actually I, that's actually my scenario too. I think there's gonna be a two-loss team making the playoff this year, and I think it's gonna be Michigan. I think the whole Big Ten is gonna beat up on each other. And we're going to have Wisconsin and Michigan both facing each other in the Big Ten Championship at 10-2. and two. But I, I don't see how you keep the Big Ten champion out of the uh, playoffs, and that's why I think Michigan's going to make it as a two-loss team. Yeah, the only thing I'm for sure about is Clemson. After that, I, don't, I really don't know. So I'm not even going to mention yeah. I think there's hardly anyone in the country that doesn't have Clemson in their top four. I mean, it just seems like almost like, you know, like two uh, agreed on by everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I think I think Clemson's the best team in the country. I just think they, they have too much returning, strong defensive line, good quarterback, and they're going to be a good offense. That's my, my favorite team to win. Right. So, na- so now we're going to go to the championship, and I've got I've got Alabama beating Michigan in the in the semifinal. I've got Clemson beating Washington. So now we've got part four of the Alabama Clemson rivalry. And I am going to go with Clemson in this one to even the series at two and two, and Clemson will be the national champion. I think the Clemson defensive line is way too good. 
I think they're a little bit more balanced than this Alabama team. I think uh, Clemson's defense is a little bit better than Alabama's defense. And I like Clemson's offense to put up more points this year than they did last year. And I'm going to go with Clemson. Yeah, well, uh, I hate to uh, stray too far away from the SEC here, but uh, I'm going to pick Clemson to beat Stanford uh, in the first round. And I'm actually going to pick Penn State to beat Alabama um, on the other side. Um, I just think their offense, uh, you know, really aggressive uh, downfield passing. Uh, They got some really talented receivers. Um, I don't think this is going to be one of Alabama's best teams this year. Um, obviously, I still think they're going to be really good except in the, next, or the in the playoff. But I think uh, Trace McSorley um, is the kind of quarterback that can get the ball down the field and really uh, beat some of those mismatches in the Alabama secondary. And then I also like Penn State to upset Clemson in the National Championship game and give them their first loss of the season. And uh, I'm going to go with the Nittany Lions to win it all this year. Ooh, I like that pick. Oh, I like it. That is, yeah. That's a bold pick, and I can stand by it. So uh, here we go. So I, I, here I am. I'm the boring. I'm the boring guy here. I picked the same yeah. old Clemson Alabama national championship. I, I just went with the safe pick. Holt here went the aggressive pick. I like it. Hey, hey, you know what? I went to Bojangles today, and if I learned one thing today, it's you got to risk it to get the biscuit. You do. So all right, now we got our champions. So now let's let's uh, quickly we'll just give our uh, breakout players for this year. Uh, we'll do the uh, SEC, just our SEC breakout player and the offensive player of the year and the defensive player of the year. My SEC breakout player of the year is DeAndre Swift. Uh, the offensive player of the year, again, DeAndre Swift. I think DeAndre Swift is going to really uh, break through this year. He's finally going to start getting the touches, and he is going to show why he is the best athlete in the conference. And defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Raekwon Davis. He is a force on the defensive line, and he's just the next line of a great Alabama defensive lineman. Yeah, I really like those picks. Um... I really like DeAndre Swift as a breakout player, but I'm gonna as far as breakout players goes, I'm gonna go with uh, Mac Wilson at Alabama, uh, middle linebacker. Alabama always, you know, is able to develop that position, and uh, he's a really explosive player. Um, loves to uh, light people up on the kickoff team, um, so I, I'm really excited about him this year. I think he's gonna have a really big year, and he's gonna, you know, be that next great Alabama linebacker. Um, also like Najee Harris on Alabama to have a, a big season. Um, that's an, another good one. And uh, as far as defense goes, I'm going to go with uh, Jeffrey Simmons at Mississippi State. Um, I just think he's – there's a lot of great defensive linemen in the conference, but I think he's the best one. And I think Mississippi State's going to have a pretty big year this year, a really good defense, and I think he's going to be the main part of that. Um, and then offensive player of the year, uh, big shocker if you've been listening to the podcast, but uh, Drew Locke at Missouri. Um, I really like him this year. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to be a first-round draft pick, maybe even the first overall quarterback taken in the draft next year. Um, just really like him a lot. Um, I think he's a great player. I think they've got, like, some really good weapons on offense for him to throw to. And uh, I think he's going to have a big year. They may pull an upset. Um, i maybe against Georgia early in the season. That's a game no one's really talking about. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. And I like, uh, you know, I like Drew Locke for the Heisman as well, um, even though I picked uh, Bryce, Love, Bryce Love earlier. But, um, <laughs> well, no, no, no. All right. That's not a – hold on. I'm picking Bryce Love to win the Heisman. I'm just saying that, like, I, I really like Drew Locke to be, like, right there as well. Um, I could see him winning it along with Trace McSorley as well. So uh, Okay. I like well, uh, those three guys to be in uh, in New York. 
Well, see, my Heisman winner, uh, the, when we saw six years ago, Johnny Menzel won the Heisman after leading his team to a 9-3 record. And he put up great numbers. Jamie, my Heisman winner. My... Heisman, I will come there and chop your head off. Nope, it's not Shay Patterson. Uh, my Heisman winner is going to be, wait for it, wait for it, Will Greer from West Virginia. Uh, his, that offense, he's going to put up spectacular numbers this year. Uh, I think West Virginia is probably about a 9-3, 10-2 caliber team, but because of the number he's, numbers he's going to put up, I think he's going to end up being your Heisman winner in New York this year. I had, uh, who else do you have in New York, JB? I think Will Greer's there. I think uh, DeAndre Swift's going to be there. God, I, I'm he is my I'll sleeper player. He's my butt. sleeper player in the SEC. He is incredible. You watch him in the, this year in this Georgia offense. He's going to be there. Uh, I think Bryce Love's going to be there. That's a pretty uh, simple one. After that, I really am not quite sure who I would pick after that, but I think those three are going to be there. Got uh, I'll mention what I think and our, what I at least I want to talk about. For Heisman, I think Bryce Love's going to win. For SEC, um, I'm not really, I don't really care about the defensive player of the year because there's too many good defensive players, um, and I don't really want to focus on that. Offensive breakthrough player of the year is Najah Harris, and I wish I would have gone before Holt so I could have talked about him. I think, <laughs> I think he's the better running back. I think he's better than Damian Harris, and I think he's better than DeAndre Swift. Um even though JB doesn't, I think he's here. He's just so freaking big, and he played. He played a really good ass championship game too. So he kind of had a um, a good game there, and I think that's just kind of preview what's going to happen with them. And then um, I like Drew Locke a lot, but I like Jared Stidham a little bit better than SEC because I think Auburn's going to have a better year. I think he's going to get more exposure, so I think he's going to be um, better this year in SEC. Uh, All right. All right. So <laughs> as as Alex would say. <laughs> there we have it, folks. So yeah, now, so now we get to move. That. <laughs> that is how you say it. There we have it. So now we get to move on to the fun shit. <laughs> the fun shit. We get to uh, pick the games <laughs> this weekend and the spreads. <laughs> JB, I love how just like halfway through the podcast, you just decided that like you were the host now. I'm like, you're just gonna like take over and like just not even, not even let Alex say a word. Like just, every time Alex starts talking, JB just starts like changing the subject. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Alex, I'm trying to uh, lead us through the promised land here because Alex will keep us off topic and you know start talking about Bojangles and shit. You know, I'm trying to talk about football. You know, I like Bojangles, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna hang up and just go to sleep. <laughs> nah. <laughs> it would be funny if I'm sure JB. If I just said that, JB would be like, "All right, well, good night, Alex. Have a good one." <laughs> All right, Alex. We'll we'll see you later. <laughs> All right. Let, let me let me let me talk because y'all y'all elaborate better than I than I do. So I'm gonna get you give you a chance to talk, JB. So let's just go through the um, SEC schedule, and I'll stop when we want to do a pick'em game. Um, tomorrow night, the SEC kickoff. We have Texas A&M, Northwestern State. Um, that should be an easy win for Texas A&M. Then uh, Saturday, you have at noon, you have South Carolina playing Coastal Carolina. That should be an easy win for South Carolina. Uh, Georgia plays Austin P. That should be an easy win for Georgia. Kentucky playing Central Michigan. That should be an easy win for Kentucky. Missouri playing UT Martin. Easy win, Missouri. Arkansas, Eastern Illinois. Easy win. Um, Mississippi State, Stephen F. Austin, easy win, even without Fitzgerald, Florida, Charleston Southern, should be easy win for Florida. Now we get into the fun shit, as JB likes to say, not as I like to say. We can do the toss-up slash pick-em games. 
So start off with the noon game, um, Ole Miss and Texas Tech and Houston. Um, I will just leave this up to you all to fight it out. Okay, well, I think this is going to be a shootout. I think this is going to be one of the most exciting games of the weekend. I really like both offenses. I think both defenses are pretty crappy. But I think Ole Miss's secondary is a lot better than Texas Tech's secondary, and I think that plays Ole Miss's advantage. And I am going to roll with Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss wins by a score of about 48 to 38. Yeah, I'm uh, – the, the line, by the way, is two and a half, Texas Tech. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know, but I don't think the line's correct. They have the wrong team favorite in this one. Okay. Yeah, so according to Bovada, this is uh, 67 point over-under. Um so I'm actually going to go with the the over in this game. If you guys are into betting at all, I'll be putting some money on this game. Um, I also like Ole Miss to get the win. Uh, even though it's in Texas, I do think Ole Miss fans are going to travel really well. And um, I like te- I like Ole Miss's offense a little bit more than Texas Tech's, and I like Ole Miss's defense a little bit more than Texas Tech's. Uh, that being said, uh, JB called both these defenses crappy, and I think that might be putting it nicely. Um, I think it may actually, believe it or not, be understated how bad these two defenses have been the last few years. Um, Texas Tech has one of the worst defenses in the Big 12. So, like, not only do they have, like – I mean, they basically have, like, the worst defense and the worst defense playing conference. So, I really expect there to be a lot of points in this game. and But I do like Ole Miss to get the win because I, I think they can maybe make one or two more stops than Texas Tech can defensively. That's what I agree with, too. I think Ole Miss has a much better secondary than Texas Tech, yeah. and that plays Ole Miss's advantage. Yeah, we've seen it. Ole Miss uh, have a little bit more success against teams that like to throw the ball than against teams that like to run the ball defensively the last few years. I'm going to go against the grain and say Texas Tech is going to cover and win by more than two and a half. So yeah, pick the favorite, Alex. Yeah, you're really going against the grain. Y'all good, get good so my dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next, next pick of game, Auburn and Washington – in Atlanta, it's the Chick Fil A kickoff. The line is Auburn by two. JB, I am going to pick Auburn in this one. I think Auburn is a. It's almost like a home game for Auburn too. With this being in Atlanta, there's going to be a lot more Auburn fans there. It's probably going to be about eight, 75, 80 percent Auburn fans. And Auburn is just really balanced. I'm a big fan of this team. I, this is a big game for them. It's also a really big game for Washington. It's because they're pretty much representing the entire Pac-12 against what is mainly is seen as the third-best team in the SEC. So this is, it's definitely a big uh, game for that conference in the Pac-12. But I am going with Auburn. I think that I like their balance. I really like uh, Jarrett Stidham, too. I think he's a better quarterback than Jake Browning. And I like Auburn's defense more, too. So I think Auburn's defense can be able to make some more stops on the Washington defense, on the Washington offense than the Washington de- defense will make on the Auburn offense. So it Auburn's will- going to win in a low-scoring game. I think it's actually not going to be a high-scoring. I think it's probably going to be like a – in the low 20s, but I got Auburn winning by a touchdown. It'll be interesting to see Auburn's hurry-up offense against Washington's defense because they're really great. So um, I'll just leave you with that, and Holt, you can talk about it forever if you want to. Uh, yeah, I really like uh, I really like this matchup. Um, Chris Peterson is a great coach. Uh, most of the time I like – in these first games of the season, um, I like to go with the better coach, um, but – I'm not going to today um, in this game. I just, for some reason, I just really think Auburn's about to have a big year. Um, I'm a really big fan of Jarrett Stidham. Uh, what he's able to do in the passing game, just efficiency-wise, um, is really big. And um, I just like, you know, both defenses are really good. 
But I just trust Jarrett Sidham a little bit more than Jake Browning, just like JB was saying. And uh, I think Auburn's going to get the win. I think it's going to be a great game, close game, but I like Auburn to get the win. Yeah, like these two teams are almost evenly matched. Both have uh, balanced offenses, great defenses, and pretty good head coaches. And that's why I think it's just going to be a little bit of a a chess match. So It's probably going to be something like a 24-17 final. Yeah, um, something like that. The tickets are only fifty dollars for this game, which is kind of surprising to me. And I, I'm, I live in Atlanta, so I was thinking about going to it. But the only problem is you miss so many other games if you go to one game. So right. I don't want to go to it, but it is a good, cheap game to go. It's relatively cheap. I think it's cheap just because Washington doesn't want to travel to the south. Um, nevertheless, we will get on to our next pick'em game, which is Tennessee and West Virginia at Charlotte. The line is West Virginia nine and a half. I think we all think West Virginia will win. Do you think West Virginia will cover nine and a half or not? That's a question. JB? Uh, yes, I do think West Virginia is going to cover. Uh, the biggest factor in this game is going to be can Tennessee's offense establish a running game and keep that West Virginia offense off the field? Because if Tennessee's defense is on the field a lot because Tennessee's offense can't stay on the field, then I think it can be a long day for the Volunteers. But uh, I do think Tennessee's defense is good enough to make the stops against this West Virginia defense if they're not going to be winded. And that's really going to be on this Tennessee offensive line to put this game on their shoulders to help Tennessee have a chance to propel and maybe shock a lot of people. But I, and I think they're going to be able to get a running game going, but I think West Virginia is going to be able to score enough uh, to keep them from striking distance. I think West Virginia probably wins this one by about 10. So they're just going to barely cover. I think, yeah, I think West Virginia is going to win by more than that. I think they're going by like 14 or 14 to 20 is what I'm thinking. Um, but go ahead, Holt. Yeah, I, I agree with JB. I, I do like uh, West Virginia to, to cover the spread. Um, that being said, I do expect this to be a good game for the most part. Um, I just think late in the game, Tennessee's defense is going to get a little bit worn out. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm a big fan of Will Greer as well, not as, quite as much as JB. But I do really like uh, Will Greer. And I uh, think West Virginia is going to get a – Touchdown or two late in the game to uh, to cover the spread, but overall I think it's going to be a pretty close game until then. Next, yeah, up. like I think my, my final score would probably be like thirty-one twenty-one, so it's not going to be a blowout, but it's not. But I think West Virginia is still going to win this one by ten, just barely covering the spread. Next up, we have Middle Tennessee at Vanderbilt at seven thirty on the C Network. Uh, the line is Vanderbilt by three and. I think Murfreesboro is less than an hour away from Nashville. I think it's like 30, 45 minutes or something like that. So It's it's about 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. So, uh, JB, go ahead. I'm going to go with Vanderbilt in this one. Uh, I guess this is a little bit of SEC bias in me, but I, I like uh, this Vanderbilt team. There's definitely more talent with them. I like I like their quarterback, Shermer. I think, I think it's going to be a close one, but I, I like Vanderbilt for, to uh, get a victory in this yeah, I do as well. I like uh, Vanderbilt to cover the spread, too. I don't know if I'm going to put money on it just because I don't know if I can justify spending my money betting on Vanderbilt. But uh, I do like Vanderbilt to win this game and cover the spread as well. Um, you know, I, my biggest knock on Vanderbilt is their running back slash receivers and uh, not being able to match up with other SEC teams. But I think against Middle Tennessee State, uh, they will be able to create some separation for uh, – Kyle Shermer to get the ball down the field a little bit and, uh, you know, maybe have a little more success throwing the ball in this game than they will throughout the rest of the season. 
And um, also think Vanderbilt's defense is going to bounce back this year um, after a rough finish to last year. So uh, I like Vanderbilt to get the win a little bit uh, easier than people are making it seem like. Uh, they won this game pretty easily last year, and they're going to be at home. So I'm going to go with Vanderbilt by about two touchdowns, maybe three. Well, F both of y'all. I like most of in this game. <laughs> y'all need to suck on these Conference USA nuts. Yeah, um, I love how, like, <laughs> Alex's version of, like, Lee Corso, instead of saying, like, not so fast, he's like, y'all can suck my dick. <laughs> and and Alex, Alex loves those group of five programs, so he's got a lot of group of five pride. So, you know, we got to let him have that, too. Hey, Middle Tennessee State's had some good teams over over the course of the last few years. Uh you know, but I just, uh, you know, I just, I like Vanderbilt a little bit more in this game. That's all. Nothing yeah. personal against the, against the uh, Blue Raiders of uh, Middle Tennessee State. Man, you had, to, you had to think about that one for a second. Like, what the hell are Middle Tennessee? What's their mascot? <laughs> well, I knew it was the Raiders, but for some reason I was thinking red for a second. And I was like, wait, they're not red. Yeah. Blue. Blue. <laughs> all right. Go Blue Raiders. Raiders. All right. So the next game is the ABC primetime game. Louisville against Alabama. Think we think. Oh, like, come on, Alex! Come on. We know. Cool. We know who's going to win this game. But let's talk about the the spread. the The line is twenty four and a half. So I think Alabama's going by like thirty because I just I like Nick Saban and Alabama. Do you think uh, if there's one thing I will say is that, um, you know. Number one, Bobby Petrino can develop quarterbacks really well. Jawan Pass was a really highly recruited quarterback that's going to be their guy. Um, I do expect uh, him to have a good year. And another thing, too, to think about is a lot of times when Nick Saban's playing out of conference, if he's not playing like a big-time school, he usually keeps the score pretty close. Usually, like, he'll get up early and then just kind of sit on it so that he can, like, have something to complain to the team and the media about after the game. Um <laughs> So that may be something to look for if, if you're planning on betting on this game. But uh, I decided about two years ago that I was just not going to bet against Alabama ever because they have these ridiculous lines and they somehow like still cover them. The only time I'll bet against Alabama is when they're playing an out-of-conference team that they're way better than and the line is just huge. So that's something to think about. But that being said, I did not expect this game to be competitive at all. I like Alabama to get up early and stay up. Gabby, did you already say what you said? Uh, I mean, Alabama's going to win. I think they're going to win big. I know, I know usually, like, you know, a lot of non-conference games, Saban likes to go vanilla. Saban's not going to go vanilla in this one. You know, I think we've heard some trash talk from Petrino, some bulletin board material this past week or so uh, about, you know, how he had some good games against Saban when he was at Arkansas. And I know Saban, you know, he's going to tell the media he doesn't hear that shit. Of course he hears it. He's going to hear it. And I, and the, if it's not saving, it's going to be his players are going to be out to prove something for him and for the team. So I'm, I'm going to think Alabama's going to win this one big. I could see Alabama winning something like, you know, 45 to 10. Alabama's going to score a lot of points, too. Their offense, no matter who's their quarterback, is going to score a lot, especially if Tua is the name of the starter, which we're expecting. So you think they're going to cover 24 and a half? Absolutely. All right. Next game, Miami and LSU. Line is Miami three and a half on Sunday now. On Sunday, um, I think Miami's going by seven or more. So I'm going to take Miami to cover and Miami for the game. Go ahead, JB. Yeah, I got Miami covering this one too. Uh, I really like this Miami offense, or not as much, maybe, you know, not that much, but I do like it more than Holt does. Uh, you know, if Mark Richter's our coach, I think he's going to be able to scheme a little bit and 
put up um, enough points on this LSU defense uh, to not really have to worry that much because I don't really see this LSU offense moving the ball against this Miami defense. I think it's going to be a long day. I mean, unless Joe Burrow comes out and absolutely surprises me, I could easily see Miami holding LSU to single digits in this one. And I think Miami can score about 20. So I, I can see Miami winning this one something like 20 to 6. You know, not yeah. a, not a not an exciting game, not a high-scoring game, but Miami will be in control. Yeah, and I mean, to me, this game is going to come down to which offense can take care of the ball. Um, I don't really like either quarterback uh, too much. Um, you know, obviously, we haven't really seen Joe Burrow, so we don't really know for sure about him. Um, but I think just him being a first-time starter against this Miami defense and the turnover chain and all that stuff, um, I, I think I maybe don't like him as much to protect the ball as Miami's quarterback. So I'm going to go with Miami in this one just because I think they're going to get a few turnovers and have some short fields. And uh, I think whoever, you know, is able to create turnovers this game is going to win. So I think Miami's going to be able to do that. All right, quick non-conference game, the biggest non-conference game. We'll start with Michigan and Notre Dame, Saturday night special. JB? I'm going with Michigan. Of course, the Wolverines. Of course, I should have asked you. Holt. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Michigan as well. Um, I just the the my favorite thing about this game is one of the teams is going to lose, and uh, everyone's going to be talking crap about them because uh, both teams really need to win this game, or both coaches really need to win this game uh, for perception. And whoever loses this game is going to get ridiculed by the media, and I'm going to love like every second of it, whether it's Jim Harbaugh, Brian Kelly, doesn't matter. But uh, I just I, – I, for some reason, I just really uh, like Michigan in this game. Um, you know, obviously we've seen Shea Patterson here in the SEC and what he can do. Um, and I think he's going to be the difference in this game. And I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. Both teams are really good. But just like I said, I like Shea Patterson to make a couple of plays and uh, get the win for Michigan. Yeah, I think Michigan's going to win also. Um, not just because of your expert analysis, but independently, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, just copy that, all my picks. That's cool. That only leaves us with Florida State and Virginia Tech Monday night, Labor night, Labor Day night, Labor Day night, Labor Day game special. <laughs> Man, I can't. I, this is gonna be exciting too. Like I'm, I'm, I really am a big fan of this Virginia Tech team. I, they're kind of a sleeper to me in the ACC as well. I think they're a really balanced team. I really like Justin Fuente. And I am going to go with Virginia Tech in the upset Wow! in Tallahassee. Yeah. Well, I, I have an upset special that I'll talk about uh, in a minute real briefly before we get out of here. But I like Florida State big in this game. Uh, Virginia Tech lost a lot on defense. Uh, I think they had a, I think they had one guy get hurt and another guy get suspended. I'm, I'm not really sure. Forgive me for not being an expert. I don't really follow the ACC too closely. But I they um, don't know how to play football in the ACC. Yeah, I, I, I do like Justin Fuente and maybe Virginia Tech can put up some points here. Um, but I, I really like Florida State this year, as I talked about earlier. Um, I think, you know, I don't want to say like they're back or they're going to be like a playoff contender or anything like that. But I do really like them this year. And uh, I'm going to go with them to get a pretty – not an easy win over Virginia Tech, but fairly easy, um, comfortable win for Florida State on a Monday night. I'm going to say Virginia Tech just because I'm on Fuente's nuts more than any, anybody – on this podcast, it was just y'all too. But I'm on his nice. Like, like, Memphis. <laughs> There's no uh, resentment there. 
for leaving your Memphis no, Tigers? No, no. Like when you're when you're in Memphis, you're just like you expect your coach to be like or if they if they're so pretty good, you expect them to leave. Not in basketball as much, but in football especially, you're like, well, you're gonna leave, so you might as well do good. You, you, it's kind of weird. Like you don't know if you want them to lose lose two or three games just so they'll stay here and like won't be um, lured away by Power Five. But I'm okay with Fuente. He's he's, he's all right in my book. Um, Holt, you had one more pick. Uh, I have a couple of picks actually. God dang, um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make the people some money. I guess. So. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're looking for an, another game that we talked about briefly, but didn't really talk about the, the actual game too much, I really like the uh, as far as the Florida Atlantic Oklahoma game goes. Um, I'm really big on the uh, over in this game. I just think both teams. Uh, I mean, I think the line's like 72. I was trying to look for it real quick, but I can't find it. Um, I think the over-under is like 72. I, Oklahoma might score that by themselves. Um, Florida Fort Atlantic has some really good uh, players on on offense and, uh, or, you know, I mean, really good for a group of five standards. Um, and, you know, Mark Stoops is somehow still the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma. Um, so he's, you know, he'll give up 20 points just, you know, without even thinking about it. And, uh, you know, obviously Lane Kevin's a great play caller. It's his second year there. Um, I really like this to be a really high scoring game. Um, and I like the over. And then if I could just, I, I mean, JB, did you want to talk about this game for a second? Before I, I do uh, my, my huge upset? Uh, I'm going to just let you keep on elaborating. Hold <laughs> okay. Well, this, is, this, is your, uh, this is your darling. All right. Well, I got, all right. I got one more uh, pick. Um, this is, I mean, you could call it, like, you could take the spread or you could take the money line. I would suggest taking the money line in this game because I, I really like this pick. Um, but Boise State going to Troy week one. Um, they're not going to be used to this southern humidity we got down here. And uh, Troy has been kind of a under-the-radar team the last couple of years. Neil Brown does, has done a really good job there. Um, I'm not really sold on Boise State's coach quite yet. Um, they got off to a slow start last year. So, uh you know, I think they're going to struggle in this humidity. And um, I really like uh, Troy to maybe pull the upset. They're a 10-point underdog at home. So, uh, I really like uh, Troy in that one. That's kind of like my big upset for week one. I <laughs> like that pick. That is bold. But I... Yeah. Well, didn't you pick Boise State to, like, go undefeated? I picked them to probably at least, you know, finish, like, maybe 11 <laughs> But, I mean, well, hey, This, I, this not, can be the one. Say. But hold, hold me. You made a good point, and I can definitely see it happening. But even if uh, Boise were to lose this game, uh, they could still make the New Year Six as a ten and two team, in my opinion. Right. Hey, um, JB. JB. What's up, Alex? <laughs> hey, uh, Kate Upton <laughs> is calling again, and she said she'll she'll move her offer from t- two months of no football to <laughs> one month of no football if. If you have sex with her tonight, but if you don't have sex with her tonight, you can watch football tomorrow. I'm gonna pass. I am too anxious for football. God dang, JB. Well, it's very hypothetical, to be fair. So that's, that's it, it is. All right. Well, I think this concludes our first show of the year, almost. I guess, but the non-preview show. So shout out to you. all of you who stuck with us for an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really out here grinding um, for our SEC. So make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoke and subscribe to us on 
iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the other ones, Podbean, whatever the other ones are, search for us at SEC Slow Smoke and follow us. Give us a thumbs up, whatever you want to. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your brother, tell your dog, everybody about SEC Slow Smoke. Until then, we'll see you Sunday after the games. Peace.